podcast, great thing because. And you've done your hair, by the way. What have I done my hair? Yeah, I haven't done anything to my hair. You've done something strange to your hair again, haven't you? No, what I've done is it's a different colour. No, it's it's actually not a different colour. It's it, definitely a different colour. What what happened is I go back to see somebody who's a hair expert, and I had a, a hair expert, a hair expert, would be like a barber. No, a trichologist. A trichologist. And, uh, <laughs> you call a trichologist. That sounds <laughs> a like a bloke. cyclist. I was about to say. Sounds like a bloke on a one one wheel bike. Um, Are you sure he's a hair expert? Yeah, he's a hair expert. Well, all he's done is put some colour in it. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Let me explain. Let me explain, Mike. It's not like that. What happens is he looks at the head of my hair, and and it is true that round the back was my natural coloured hair, and that the. But your hair was completely white. The no, last it wasn't. Sort of... No, the power of the sun had made it a little bit grey on the front. All he's done is he's done restorative. Um, restructuring of my hair. What? So he's giving you a transplant, is he? No, not a transplant. But it's a different colour, though. Yeah, but it's it's, it's no, completely different. No, no, it's not a different colour, mate. It's the same colour as it should be. Well, See it's the I mean? colour that you were born with, perhaps. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. So the years have faded the colour that you were born well, with, and you've gone uh, naturally on, grey. Hang on, if you and if your you, beard has been touched up as well. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If you had a car for 25 years, yeah. the colour of that car would fade over the years. But the idea that you've now coloured your beard and your hair—I haven't coloured it. It's restorative. You've coloured it. No, it's been restored. That's all. Listen, if you get you go and find an old house and it looks a bit knackered and you know careworn yeah. you restore it talking about this by the way yeah. you, you've got to understand that uh, one has to keep up appearances because one never knows when one might be called upon to rescue a damsel in distress and the damsel in distress at the moment I'm talking about is poor old Cheryl Cole Cheryl Cole yes very yeah, very I poor mean, woman she's been sacked because well, nobody could understand what she was saying apparently no no no, no. I'm not sure that's true I, I mean, think she was sacked because you see you, you always like to think saying. the worst of people in situations like that why, why, why do you say she's been sacked well because that's the story that's coming out of America well hang on they're hang saying on, that hang on pal the people it? over there couldn't understand her Geordie accent oh great journalist old you know MG Mike Graham believes every tabloid headline you read so you you are not of the opinion that it might just be that she's homesick she's found out she doesn't she's fit homesick. in with Paula Abdul Rubbish. and she's decided to come home no she didn't want to come home because she was very excited about leaving She's gone over there. It was a very brave thing for her to do, right? But she went over there thinking that she was going to take America by storm. Nobody's heard of her in America. Yeah, and when I heard her speak, they then couldn't understand what she was saying. Mike, can I just point out to you, nobody had ever heard of John Lennon and Paul McCartney before they got off the plane at JFK in 1963. Well, why was there a great big crowd waiting to meet them then? Well, because they'd read about them in magazines. Well, so they had heard about them then. No, no, so no, that's no, nonsense, no, no, right? No, 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 there wasn't a big crowd to no, meet Cheryl he, Cole, was there? By the way, there was a, there was a great interview with Ringo Starr in... Um, in Live magazine, the other mm. one appears, does his column in last week. Oh, yeah. And um, Ringo Starr was explaining that, you know, he was the most famous Beatle, actually, because yeah. he was saying he was with Rory in the Hurricanes or right. Rory in the Stormers or something before he got into the Beatles, right? Mm. But but Ringo Starr was the guy on that flight you were talking about. When the plane pulled up at JFK, he looked out the window, saw all these screaming people, except for <laughs> the Beatles. Oh, I think the president must be arriving. There's loads no. of people out there. So that they had been they had been um, made aware of them, the Americans. Yes. But they hadn't heard of them, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, but I mean, there was a a very, very large body anyway, of people. As fans, usual, you've right? been unkind. You see, but Cheryl Cole has now come back to this country. Supposedly, she's gone into hiding. Right? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, in she's the future. actually back here, is she? Whether or not well, that she makes will this country up... better. America's loss is our gain. Why? Well, because Cheryl Cole's a very nice young lady, very talented. Are you trying to sort of suck up to her or something? You think she could become the next Mrs. Parry? Well, is that what you're talking about? Well, I did. Um, it was suggested to me. I, now I didn't pull up this proposition. Yeah. Obviously, it sounds ridiculous. Mm. It was suggested to me that um, Cheryl Cole had found out that there is still a vacancy for the first Mrs. Parry. Well, there will always be a vacancy for the first Mrs. Parry. Therefore, right? 
Well, as long as I choose her to be. I mean, I haven't seen you for a while. Hang on, as long as I choose her to be. Well, well I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, how many how many applicants have there been for that particular vacancy over since the years? I last saw you? No, oh, I'm talking no, about no. since I last saw you. Well, I mean, you've had a bit of time on your hands, right? I mean, you no, could have I'm been very busy. No, I've been kept very busy. Have you? Yeah, and and what you know, have you been doing? let's not be. What am I doing? What have you been doing? Pursuing my career as a communicator. Really? Yeah. I communicate with people. Well, how much of the day does that take <laughs> I up? Do. I communicate. How much of the day does that take up? I communicate with you, but it's usual. It's like talking to a brick that's just fallen out of a wall that's crumbling. Um, and by the way, I take exception to you saying that uh, Jan Leeming would have been a better uh, source of um, comfort and Well, Jan Leeming's it? more your age group. I mean, Cheryl Cole's in her 20s, Hang right? On, Jan Leeming's 69, man. Yeah. And she's just taking a job as a, um, a guide. At Can- by, by the way, it's not Canterbury bad. Cathedral. He's taking a job as a guide at Canterbury Cathedral. Now, did you know, or maybe you didn't, I don't know, but I, I'm sure that my uh, my listeners, my followers, people who've been listening to me for years know. Your fans. My, fans, thank you. I didn't want to say fans. Many fans. Know. But do you know that I am a friend of Chester Cathedral? Are you? Mm. Well, you've got to have some friends, I suppose. <laughs> That's a bit <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, is that like a Facebook friend? No, no. Chester Cathedral. No, no, Mike no. Mike Perry's only friend. No, no. What it means is, you know, because Chester Cathedral is my hometown cathedral. Yeah. And when I was in the King School Chester Choir, mm. we used to sing in Chester Cathedral at the. Did you? Um, at the. Um, Has, have you got any pictorial evidence of this? Uh, yeah. This is another mad story. No, my, my mother will have a picture of me. And, no, what do you mean, mad you know, story? You were supposedly part of the Chester boys football team, right? Or no, something no, like that. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, that was English grammar school. English grammar schools, yeah, right. Yeah. I saw the other day you, you, you put something on Twitter that you were a former table tennis champion. Under 16s Cheshire table tennis champion. Under 16s, right. Mm-hmm. So presumably you got pictures of that, cups, that kind of thing. Well, my mother's got them all. My mother's got, got my all. boxing cups. Is that right? Well, it was one boxing cup. Boxing. I the and now you're telling me you're in the choir. I was in the choir. Did you wear a cassock? Um, it wasn't actually a cassock because at the King's School Chester had a special uniform, you know, so it wasn't white. They were green and blue because that was the, that was the colour of our blazer. Right. But the, but that, that was right. Anyway, look, I'm, the reason so I'm So you're a friend of Chester Cathedral. I'm a friend of Chester Cathedral and that means that I get a newsletter twice a year. I pay like... That must be exciting for you. Well, I, it is What actually. sort of things are in that then? Oh, all the people who've died since the last time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it is quite depressing because I don't know most of them. So it's and not you have to pay distressing. presumably to be a friend. Do I pay hundred pounds a year. So you bought this friendship, in other words? No. I, it, so I'm, could I be a friend of Chester Cathedral? I gave him hundred quid a year. Well, you could, but I wouldn't recommend you. You have to be proposed and recommended by oh, somebody. Really? It's not an organisation where you can, you know, it's not like. Um, if I went up there and it's said, not like, like the Royal I'll British you... Legion, where you can walk in and pay your subs and then buy cheap beer. If it's, I give you hundred quid, Chester Cathedral. I'm sure they would admit me as a friend. Well, I, I, they, you'd have to have a recommendation from somebody else. Point is, it's a magnificent building. I love cathedrals. You know, I've always described football grounds as the cathedrals of the fans. Yes. And that's why you shouldn't share a football ground. And I thought I'd just point out to you that I'm a, a friend of Chester Cathedral, i.e. somebody looking after a massively historic building, you know, because of the want to keep this country uh, as precious as it is. And Jan Lee means doing the same thing. You know, on things like Facebook, when people upgrade their pictures and all that, Apparently, Jan Leeming, if she upgraded hers, would look better now than she did 20 years ago. Really? Now, you need to start thinking like that, Mike. Seriously. You really need to start thinking like that. Oh, wait. I was at a reservoir. Reservoir? Um, reservoir. On Tuesday, when I was suddenly looking at my uh, my BlackBerry. Yeah. Know, and on Twitter, you get, like, new uh, followers all the time, right? You do. So, most of the time, because they come in at such a rate... About three or four hundred people a day joining me as followers on Twitter. Do you know? I know it's extraordinary, isn't it? Absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at one. I'm, I remember I was on the reservoir because I was looking down at the shale, 
and I'll tell you about the problem the ducks are having at the moment down in Stockbroker Belt Sully. Believe me, no water. But anyway, on the shale at the reservoir, I suddenly, you know, look at his Twitter, I start getting rid of them. One of them is Frank LeBeuf. Frank LeBeuf, the former Chelsea player. Frank LeBeuf, the footballer. Now, I look at that. Now, most people who suddenly saw that Frank LeBeuf was following them would think, why is Frank LeBeuf following me? Yeah. But, of course, I know why Frank LeBeuf is following me. Why is he following you? Frank LeBeuf is following me because Frank LeBeuf, big, tall fella, centre-half for Chelsea, and myself dealt with a couple of drunken English football fan louts in a restaurant in Germany during the 06 World Cup. Wrestled them to the ground, threw them out of the restaurant. You and Frank LeBeuf? Me and Frank LeBeuf. Together? Together. Why were you with Frank LeBeuf? Well, I I actually wasn't at the start of this incident. I was in a restaurant with some colleagues from... Ah. Um, the organisation I was working with at the time. Yeah. I don't know which one it was, because obviously I worked for a few. You have. And and um, and these louts started giving a couple of frow lines, a bit of jip. Um, so, of course, I stood up and uh, made my, my uh, opinions felt. They right. were Englishmen, I was an Englishman. I didn't want to be disgraced in Germany, you know, with my own countrymen. Uh, they then stood up, and they were both about six foot two. And, uh, Snarling, were they? Well, they weren't snarling, but they were they were well intoxicated and uh, and impolite to say the least. Language is disgusting, but they have there is an international language, isn't there, among swear wording? There is, yeah. And um, and anyway, so I uh, I was just about to think, what am I going to do next? When all of a sudden, another chap stood up from another table. It was Frank LeBeuf. We took a grip on them, wrestled them to the floor, and then literally threw them out on their faces into the street or the strasse. Well, so you took one guy and he took the other. Yeah, is that right. Is that yeah, what you're telling me? That, that's about right. And how big was the guy? He was a size, but of course, because his his movements are all slowed down by the amount of intoxication levels in his body, it wasn't it wasn't tough for me. I didn't have a drink during the whole of the World Cup in Germany in '06 because I needed to be fit as a fiddle every day to do my job, and it was only very shortly after the old ticker had gone anyway. So, uh, so this was after you'd had the new heart and everything. Uh, it was about two years afterwards. Yeah. Are yeah. you sure that you're telling this story the way it actually happened? Because Frank LeBeuf seems to me to be the guy that might have done all of this, and I don't think uh, well you played any part in it at all. All I can say is my. You know, a lot of the time you challenge the things I tell you because I have had a pretty extraordinary life, I agree. But if you go and look at a copy of the Daily Mirror, I yeah. understand you were once the editor of uh, a version of the Daily Mirror. I was Mirror. indeed. Is that right? Yeah. Well, go and look at the, the Daily Mirror for the day after and you'll see a long account and a very, very praiseworthy account of my actions in that restaurant. Which we, which presumably you gave them. No, of course I didn't. Well, I, who did I, give I, it? I don't seek self-publicity. I have no idea. I've no idea, but they found out. I mean, Frank LeBeuf's a pretty famous guy. They must have heard about Frank LeBeuf being involved in this fracker. They probably want to know who it was who was assisting him and helping him. It's actually the other way around, because he was assisting and helping me. And uh, I suddenly got this phone call from this reporter on the mirror. I said, yeah, well, you know, I've got to admit that I, I did have something to do with it, and... Um, and I did want to help. And so are you lifelong friends now and buddies with Frank LeBeuf? Well, I wouldn't say lifelong friends and buddies, but I would say if we went to a function, because I'm going to a big uh, sports dinner today, to uh, sports lunch, actually, to um, meet and greet, as I do. Uh, well, I, he won't recognise you, will he, with the hair colour? Who? Frank LeBeuf. Mike, my hair colour's not changed. It's just been restored. And, and the colour of my hair around the rear of my bonce, so to speak is just been extended around to the front of my bonds. Okay? I see. It's as simple as that. It looks good, I must say. Oh, I think it looks I think it looks, good. it's a much improved look for you. Are we going to put the picture on Twitter so that uh, I think we should. all our friends can see yeah. it? Yeah. Has it occurred to you, by the way, that mm-hmm. this character, Frank LeBeuf, who's following you on Twitter, isn't actually Frank LeBeuf? Well, it might be somebody who's calling himself Frank LeBeuf. Well, why would you want to call yourself Frank LeBeuf? Well, because people do it all the time. Why? Well, why they impersonate people. There's well, probably... The fact there was a there was a fake Mike Parry on Twitter for a long time. Uh, now... I think you have to ring up Twitter, you know, and tell them, look, I want verifying, is that right? Can I'm not sure. 
yeah, you can ask for verification and I want to be verified and I want these other jokers to get off because if they've got people following them, they should be following me anyway. Exactly. Not, not because I have any ego and all that, but, of course, I do carry the title of the Seeker of Truth and Justice Yes. and people look to me for guidance and, 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 and on that basis, I really do and think... And before you discovered Twitter, of course, the only things that used to follow you around were spiders and leaves. Well, the, you see, the leaf one, Mike... You're going on about this all your life, okay? And and I do wish you'd give it up. Every time we meet people, you know, suppose we go to a bar and we just have a quick drink. And all that, the thing you say is asking about his leaf. The thing is, you know as well as I do that that story was completely justified and verified. For the, for the benefit of those who can't remember the story, I'm going home one night. I hear a shuffling noise behind me. I look around. There's nobody there. Looking for Mrs Mop. Wasn't at all, just making sure that you know my personal security wasn't being threatened. Right. I go on a, a bit further. I still hear a shuffling noise. I look around again. Still nobody there, but the shuffling noise is there. Eventually, because it was dark, of course, I got under a street light, looked around me, and what was following me was a leaf. Now you've always poured scorn on that yeah. until because it's a ludicrous idea. Excuse me, until a scientist phoned into the show and pointed out that it's quite a common phenomenon because what happens is you walk past a bush that's got a spider's web on it. The spider's web attaches itself to your trousers as you're walking past. The, the, the web comes off, but it comes off with a loose leaf. And, that, and, and you know how hard it is to break a spider's web? Very hard. Pretty tough. Pretty tough. And that leaf followed me for a good 200 yards. And, 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 it, and it genuinely did because it was attached to a spider's web. So, you know, all these, all these people who are, are non-believers... Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's all I can say to you. Frank Leleaf, was it called? Um, so, uh, hey? Following you. Frank Leleaf. No, 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 no. It was just, it, it was just a leaf. Listen, talking about leaves, by the way. Mm. There are a lot of leaves in, in Wales, as you well know. Right? Leaves in Wales. Leaves in Wales. There's a lot of trees in Wales. Where are the trees in the valleys? What else is in the valleys? Barrytown Football Club. Well, Barrytown's not in the valleys. Well, it's, it's no. It's on it's, the south coast. That's true. The but, Barry Island. Yes, I know, but Wales is the land of the valleys, isn't it? Well, the, part of it is, yeah. The Rhondda Valley, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, what's that song called they sing there? Land, land of My Fathers. Land of My Fathers, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and Tom Jones and all You're that. You're not going to break into that, hopefully. The green, green dress of home. Anyway, the point is this. Barry Town is going to the wall. I've been approached by people who follow Barry Town right. and asked if I can help in some way. And where does Barrytown play in its um, in which uh, sort of arena does it play? Well, is play, it plays in the Welsh League, doesn't it? Is it the Welsh League? Yeah, of course it is. It's in Wales. You just point that out. Oh, Cardiff doesn't play in the Welsh League. Yeah, but Cardiff's on mainland Wales. This is Barrytown. Swansea as well. Swansea. Yeah, but that's mainland Wales. Yeah, it doesn't play in the Welsh League. So Barrytown plays in the Welsh League. But Barrytown's a very small town. I know it's a very small town. It's like Clandudno. Barry Island. Clandudno plays in the Welsh League. So you're going to save Barry Town? Well, I'm not going to it's save. Like you tried to save Chester, you tried to save Chester Town, didn't you? No, it wasn't so successful. That didn't work out. I did try my best. I know. Did try my best. I mean, you know, we had a coach who went up there, and I mean, you know, the people of Chester really owe me one because I, I you know, I haven't lived in Chester. It's like old Ringo Starr when he was interviewed in Liverpool and uh, and was asked, "What do you miss about Liverpool, Ringo?" Yeah, and he said, uh, "Nothing at all, actually." I see. He's just apologised for that, hasn't he? Well, it's not surprising. He's going, back, he's going back to do another uh, another concert there with Ringo mm. and the All Stars, so it's not surprising. But um, at least I always kept my faith to Chester. So I find out Chester is struggling like mad. I decide I'm going to launch a rescue mission. Uh, we go up there. We hire a 48 seater coach. Oh, I do. I hire a 48 seater coach. I hire a hotel, and I throw a reception. And I say, any Chester fan 
who wants to come down, you know, come on, we've got a rally in our thousands, right? Yeah. And any Chester fan who wants to come and join me, and uh, and so we, we, we got the suite at the hotel, the coach arrived, we put the banner on. It's, honestly, the banner was great. It was Porky's Blue and White Army, because, you know, <laughs> Chester playing Blue and White Stripes. Seriously. Right. I had the banner stretched across the front of the coach, and I thought, this is it. And and what was the, where was the bus going to go? Where was the coach going to go? To Sealand Road, Chester's ground, for the last game of the season, oh, which okay. they have to win to stay in the league. Yeah. See? So, you know, there's a purpose to it all. So, um, so... You know, I opened up the doors of the hotel and uh, we did a live interview with Adrian Durham, you know, with the fans and all that. The problem was, I wanted hundreds, if not thousands, of Chester fans to turn up. I had the 48-seater coach, we were all going to pile on that and arrive at Sealand Row, waving out the windows and all that. But it didn't work out like that. How many people turned up? Twelve. <laughs> what are you laughing at? At least That's I made brilliant. the effort. And did they win the last game? No. Lost, lost it. Went out. But listen, we haven't finished with Barry Town yet, mate. Right. So, so anyway, so the Chester thing didn't work, even though I tried very hard. Now, the reason I am uh, want Barry Town to survive is I like small clubs. Now, my contribution to the Barry Town thing is this, right? Barry Town, Welsh club down there. I have decided, as it's spring, my contribution to helping Barry Town will be for the rest of the spring and into summer. Whenever I eat red meat, it's going to be Welsh lamb only. How are you going to manage that? I'm just going to buy Welsh lamb. How do you know you can buy Welsh lamb, though? Well, you go out and you, you say to people, I want some Welsh lamb. Yeah, but when you go into a supermarket, yeah. right, and you buy the, you go to the lamb counter, Yes. you've got the organic lamb, yeah, you've mate, got the mate, New Zealand sorry, lamb. Sorry, sorry. You don't, got, you don't have to be... to You know. Not you to, don't always know where it's come from, that's what I'm saying. Hang on, not to use a pun. You don't always know it's Welsh. Hang on, not to use a pun, you don't have to be sheep-like when you go buying your meat, i.e., why do you have to do what everybody else is doing? You want to traipse into Sainbury's, Waitrose, you know, whatever, get your meat. Why don't you go to your meat broker like I do? Meat broker? Yeah. Well, I've got a meat broker, that's why. Well, What's a meat broker? Well, when I live down in Stockbroker. Well, you're a butcher? Sorry. No, I mean my meatier. You know, the, meatier? Yeah, you know, the guy who supplies the meat. And See? you say to him, I want some Welsh lamb? Yeah, I tell him what Welsh lamb. Welsh lamb doesn't come from Barry Island anyway, though. Listen. I've done, I've done some research on this. The reason I think I can help Barry Town is I have discovered that about 80% of their, their fans somehow work in the Welsh lamb industry. A lot of them are shepherds, OK? A lot of them are... What? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of Barry have Town fans. Have you been fans. to Barry Town? Yeah. Have you been to Barry Island? Yeah. Made famous by all manner of pieces of uh, comedy routines over the years. It's no. Not, it's not a rural idyll. It's not like, you know, Rome roaming sheep on hills and all that sort of thing. It's not the valley. No, but it's one very close by it is. And, uh, no, Shepherds. A lot of, a lot, a I've lot never of... seen a shepherd in Barry. <laughs> there there's there's a joke there somewhere. No, no, not, no, no. There's loads of, there are loads of fans of Barry Town who are shepherds. I've, I've established that. And that's why my no, own personal contribution, no, my own personal contribution to try and help them is to... Is to eat, eat their flock. Not eat their flock, but, but, <laughs> but no, to support Welsh lamb... Uh, the consum- Welsh lamb consumption. industry. I've never heard so much rubbish in all my life. 